0: Boy brains don't process colors the same way girl brains do. It's just facts.
1: You come here for the cannabis <laughs> banter and you get psychological information. <laughs> this is By the Ounce.
0: Hey everyone, this is Jenny.
1: And this is David.
0: And you're listening to Buy The Ounce.
1: Today, we're fresh off three eventful days at the BC Cannabis Summit in Kelowna. Plus, we try CAN, a new brand of cannabis-infused social tonics. Before we get into our discussion about the BC Cannabis Summit, we're going to crack open a few CANs. (laughs)
0: we've got all three flavors of cans cannabis infused social tonics including lemon lavender grapefruit rosemary and blood orange cardamom i like their little cans they're adorable
1: they're really cute
0: uh each of these little cans has two milligrams of thc and four of cbd so a nice little one to two and I like their little, like, line drawings they have that kind of show you the flavor. Like, it's kind of in that line, like, tattoo kind of style that you see. I don't know. It's cool. It's sweet. It's simple. Their colors are fresh. They're just this nice packaging. I like it.
1: Hope their flavors are fresh, too.
0: Ah, heck so. They uh, tend to have packaging that's on point.
1: It's true. We were doing a little bit of uh, research... Because, you know, we do all of our research about two minutes before we hit record. And we were seeing that Adam Devine. Did I pronounce that correctly? You're the Hollywood star person.
0: We're going to go with yes.
1: We're going to go with yes. Adam <laughs> Devine uh, is actually the pitch man for these drinks. Um, interesting, because he seems to be walking that whole line of celebrity endorsement that uh, falls in that weird place in the Cannabis Act.
0: It's true. Yeah. Um... You know, like we all know that Seth Rogen was houseplant, but he wasn't necessarily, you know, touting it quite the same as Adam seems to be doing here with um, these tonics. However, you know, maybe the loophole is it looks like they may also have some that don't have cannabis in them. So that's kind of where he's kind of sneaking in the back door. Not sure.
1: So, Adam Devine, if you can't picture him in your head right now, is in uh, Pitch Perfect. You love Pitch Perfect, love by the way.
0: I, I actually quite like Adam Devine. He's very funny, and he's a really interesting story if you ever want to check it out.
1: I, I really enjoy his role in Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, Haley, right? Uh, yeah, Haley's, Haley's boyfriend. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. Have I you not gone, finished? I haven't gone that far. Have you
0: seriously not watched all of Modern Family? No. Oh well, he starts as the 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 Manny for, for Manny. the little one, not Manny. Manny's a, little brother Joe. No,
1: but he's a nanny and he's a man. So he's yeah, well they call him... man.
0: He said he was a Manny, and they're like, that's confusing. We can't call you that. Oh, it's, that it was a whole sense. bit. It was a whole bit. Um, but yeah, then he does an updating Haley. Sorry, spoilers. But I mean, Modern Family has been around for long enough that. <laughs> sorry snooze you lose on that one
1: fair fair well anyway what let's do you wanna, crack
0: into one yeah
1: yeah what do you want to crack open first
0: i kind of well i am most excited for the lemon lavender and i really also feel like i'm really gonna like grapefruit rosemary i'm least certain about the blood orange cardamom so i kind of want to start there All just right. in case i don't like it
1: <laughs> let's do it i'm in So these are like kind of weird tops. I yeah. don't think I've ever seen these before. Normally you have the one where it's got a little uh, tab and I used to bust my nails trying to get it open until uh, a very smart social media follower told me that you have to push down on it first oh, and then actually, that'll crack the tab.
0: These are actually kind of nice. Don't maybe have to pop the whole thing off. And you can just, I don't know, you don't really have to if you don't want to.
1: Oh, yeah, I see. Actually, I, I like these a little better. They're sort of like uh, they're round. They cover the top, and they've got a little uh, section that you can crack off. And when you do that, it makes it look a little bit like a Pac-Man.
0: You can pop it off if you want, which I think is not terrible because it does make the drinking hole a little awkward.
1: All right, I'm going to crack it. Nice little bit of fizz there off the top.
0: Okay, you know what? I've Ooh, already. It smells great. No, I've already dipped in because I'm impatient. Wow. Uh, I really like this.
1: Oh, this is nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, some citrus, like that blood orange, which has a bit more of like a. It's not quite that classic like orange juice orange. It's I don't know how to describe blood orange any differently, but it's it's a bit of a richer, like more full um citrus, not a not quite as like bright as your classic orange. Um but then the cardamom kind of almost ha- has a hint of spice at the end. I am really enjoying this.
1: My initial concern with the cardamom was that it was going to overwhelm all of the other flavors.
0: Mm, absolutely.
1: You don't get that. This is a really balanced drink. Yes. Um, it's it's two milligrams THC and four milligrams CBD. So you know it's it's pretty light. Um, great summer drinking.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I said, so there's cute little cans. So you can probably you know pop a couple of these in a cooler, no problem.
1: And these come in four packs. So they're they come in these cute little boxes. And they're not, uh, they're not crazy expensive. I think we paid about, um, what, just over $15 for four of them?
0: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: Yep. Yeah, we, that was
0: over at uh, Bean Cannabis. Brand new. Yeah.
1: It's by the Kelowna Airport. You know, there's a, another cannabis shop uh, in Prince George, and they're uh, set to open this summer, I believe. They're, they'll actually be the first legal cannabis shop uh, or any cannabis shop, really, located in an airport.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. That'll be interesting.
1: Mm, pick up your weed before you get high. Get high and then get high.
0: <laughs> Something like that. Ugh. Yeah,
1: you're right. These these little cans are uh, pretty fucking adorable. And the branding is on point. Mm-hmm. I got a lot going for them. Totally. Celebrity pitch man, cute cans. Nice like branding. somebody else
0: I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought the grapefruit going. one was going to be like the greenish can, but no, it's uh, the orange one. Can.
0: There's an orange can, which is the blood orange cardamom. And then this is like a purpley can. It's purpley, which does kind of make you think maybe the lemon lavender would have been the purple one, but whatever.
1: Apparently, I don't do colors very well.
0: It's because you're a man. (laughs) I believe, Kate, as somebody who just took a psychology course, I believe, as I recall, that um, just boy brains don't process colors the same way girl brains do. It's just facts.
1: You come here for the cannabis banter (laughs) and you get psychological information. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's what happens when you're taking higher education, <laughs> I guess. Ooh.
1: Can I sip this one first?
0: Okay, you know I get impatient though.
1: A little less smell to this one.
0: Definitely has that like herbal rosemary smell to it. I think it's really strong. Ooh.
1: I I think that the blood orange cardamom 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 (laughs) yeah we'll get this by the end of the podcast I I think I like that one better
0: yes I think you know as much as you said the last one was really balanced between the blood orange and the cardamom I think the rosemary is taking the driver's seat a little too Mm. much on this one Yep, kind of feels like you're sucking on a rosemary like stick
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah a little bit
0: yeah the the citrus
1: Uh, it's not terrible you'd
0: expect from the grapefruit is getting a little lost yeah. Um, which kind of disappointing me because I really like a good grapefruit. Um, shout out to like the co-ops in Manitoba. Because when I was a kid visiting my grandparents, we used to get the like grapefruit pop. <laughs> but we always called it pompe la because it's <laughs> just a funny French word. So that's what I was kind of hoping for was like a bit of that nostalgia. And I'm not really getting it.
1: You know what? My favorite funny French word is grenouille. It's Frog. <laughs> hey hit us up actually i'd uh, i'd love to hear what your funniest french word is email us at hello at com.
0: and just to put that out there i don't actually know a ton of french i took a little bit in elementary school and as soon as i could quit taking french i did i took german and let's be honest i don't remember much of that either David's the real francophone over here.
1: <laughs> francophone.
0: <laughs> yep, that's what I said. It's <laughs> <laughs> a then, little <laughs> bit of
1: franglais there, throwing together anglophone and francophone. <laughs> francophone. <laughs> it's my favorite cell phone company. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely, Oh, <and> back, obviously. <laughs> Okay, can we try the last one? I really want to get to this lavender lemonade. As it you... better be good or I'm going to be grumpy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one wants a grumpy Jenny.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, let's crack her open.
0: Benjamin is not really appreciating all of this can opening. He keeps startling.
1: Oh, He's
0: just trying to nap. Oh, it smells so good.
1: I think this is the nicest smelling one of the bunch. But I'm a big, big fan of lavender.
0: Me too. Doesn't actually come through in the flavor quite as much as the smell would would lend it. What? No, that isn't even grammar. <laughs> <laughs> as the smell would imply. There we go.
1: You get it on the back end. The lavender.
0: Yeah, you do. You do. It's, it's nice. Though, funny enough, as much as I really had mixed feelings about the blood orange cardamom, I think it might be my favorite.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, with the lemon lavender in second. Very, and then, very close second for yeah, me. Yeah, a very close second. And then, yeah, the, the grapefruit rosemary kind of trailing behind.
1: I think that the lemon lavender taste is the one that pops the most.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, these are all like sweet little sippers, though. I think, you know, it'll be real nice on a hot summer's day. I mean, and, you know, as we've mentioned, I probably when we, I think, reviewed the heightened ones and even when we're talking about kombucha in the last episode when I brew kombucha, I tend to flavor with a fruit and an herb just because I really like those pairings. And I think you can balance the flavors really nicely. And it just lends itself to a complexity of flavor that, you know, feels kind of grown up. So, um, yeah, I really, I really enjoy these and, uh, we'll probably buy some more.
1: (laughs) These are really good drinks.
0: They really are good. I've been sipping away and, uh, Honestly, all I actually like all of them. The more I had of all of them, the more I like them.
1: Yeah, same. You know, each... I don't think that there's... I don't hate any of them.
0: No. though, And the lemon lavender may have hedged out now for first. I don't know. I can't even say anymore.
1: And I'm... See, now I'm taking a taste to the grapefruit rosemary.
0: Mm. No, that one's still bottom of three. <laughs> <laughs> So David's the one who usually asks the questions, but today it's my turn. I thought I would take the opportunity to uh, interview him, put him in the hot seat. So what were you most looking forward to before the summit even began?
1: You know, it's been a long couple of years. We haven't had an opportunity really to to get together in, in groups. Um, we've all been sticking to our bubbles. And finally, we're starting to see things opening up and the opportunity to gather. The pandemic couldn't have hit at a worse time when it comes to cannabis. You know, we were just starting to get some steam when it came to building a community of people who, who wanted to uh, forward uh, legalize cannabis into, um, you know, a great new spot, a great new community, a, a new... Um, you know, a new evolution, really, of what cannabis is. It's cannabis 2.0, as far as community goes. And we just got shut down by this, uh, by this virus. So I think that what I was looking most forward to was the opportunity to get together with people and to meet people who I really only interacted with through social media or through email. And uh, I sure wasn't disappointed.
0: No, because that was my follow-up. It was where your expectations met. They obviously were.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, There's just so many amazing people who attended this summit. There were uh, more than 300 people there, and they came from all over British Columbia, uh, other parts of Canada, and even some who uh, came up, made the trip from the U.S. Uh, I got to meet people who I've been... Interacting with for a while and the funny thing about social media is that you get to know people, but you don't get to know people and uh, having the the opportunity to uh, speak to them face to face to, you know, smoke a joint together and uh, and and really talk about uh, uh, talk about things rather than just sending 140 character responses back to each other is a whole different experience.
0: Let's start with the, you know, more educational, buttoned up stuff. Um, you know, there were a variety of panels, two of which you moderated. Uh, what two panels were it that you moderated?
1: Yeah, I sure did. What a cool opportunity. Uh, I moderated first a cannabis on destigmatization uh, when it comes to tourism and economic development. This This was the one that I think I was most uh, excited about because there were people who are part of the panel who are not uh, involved in cannabis. And it, don't get me wrong. I love hearing from people who uh, love cannabis, are part of developing the framework, the businesses, um, the communities. But when you bring in people who aren't involved in cannabis, you get completely different perspectives. And not only that, you have an opportunity to hear what they have to say, but they have an opportunity to hear what you have to say. So a couple of people on that panel who I thought were quite notable was the uh, Tourism Kelowna CEO, uh, Lisanne Ballantyne and the manager of the Okanagan Economic Development, Krista Mallory. And they both agreed that cannabis is something that both of their organizations should be very positive about and very encouraging uh, over and should be uh, really helping to develop into a sector that is important to all of the community. There's so much economic opportunity, tourism opportunity to bring people through, and a lot of the challenges are the way that the regulations are laid out and um, you know, really are causing the industry to, to lag behind, Um in those areas, but we're starting to see some forward motion and that is great. Now the, the second panel they did,
0: can I just interject about that panel? Because I was actually able to sneak into that panel. Shout out to Corey who let me in, even though I had not had a chance to register, but I literally had one hour in between one thing and the next in my day that day. Um, but yeah, I, I agree you those two uh, women were I thought very smart. They were really well spoken and you know, I really appreciated the perspective that they have when they're they were like, Yeah, no, like we're not in the cannabis, you know, industry. This is not the world that you know we are experts in obviously but you know we're absolutely willing to listen to what needed to be say and they were like there were times where like yeah this is the info we need like this is helpful to us and now we know how to advocate for the things that you guys are looking for that you want that you need so that was that was really really kind of cool to see that playing out kind of on stage you know because um, these are the I think it was, you know, that panel really opened up some interesting conversations. You know, with, you know, at the municipal level, you know, there was um, Roxanne, right? From she was representing Indigenous mm-hmm. Roxanne um,
1: Lindley, the the very first uh, female chief of the West Bank First Nation.
0: Yeah, who was clearly a rock star. there, everybody was pretty excited to uh, to have her there, and and she had lots of good stuff to say and. Um, So it really felt like a a meeting of the minds sort of from from lots of different different directions. And even though, you know, each individual up there had had a different um, like perspective and a different like what's the word that I'm looking for? Like priority. Um, They were all able to kind of come together and find some fairly common ground and, you know, recognize that we're better together that was the biggest thing i took away from it is Mm -hmm. that's what they said they're like you know what we really do need to work together this is not something that is going to change overnight but if we all keep working towards the same goals it will be much easier to get there if we're not sort of tussling over nitty-gritties you know that because we're coming from different places with different priorities so i thought that was really neat um but yeah what was the second panel
1: I was going to keep going oh, on you're the first gonna keep going? Panel.
0: Well, then keep going then.
1: <clears throat> so it was actually called, the panel was called Destigmatizing Cannabis to Create Jobs, Economic Growth, and Tourism Opportunity, Opportunities. Uh, it also had Nathan Meissen on it, who is the co chair of the Canadian Cannabis Tourism Alliance, uh, Mike Schilling, the CEO of Community Savings Credit Union, and also Ian Dawkins, the founder and principal consultant at Althing Consulting. It was it really was a widespread panel and there was lots of uh, lots of opportunity to discuss the massive uh, impact that cannabis has already had on the Canadian economy. And, you know, that's over 15 billion dollars in tax revenue brought in and uh, more than 100,000 jobs created.
0: Yeah, it was super cool. Um, but yeah, for the second panel that you moderated, which I was not able to attend, however, I heard from a couple of different people that you really knocked it out of the park as the moderator. So toot toot for you!
1: <laughs> well, that's kind. You <laughs> never know how you're doing at the at on the stage. It's always a scary experience. I'm I'm very much used to uh, asking the questions. And on this panel, I was also giving some of the answers. Um, so this one was called Ending Cannabis Stigma in the Digital Age and was really a discussion about communication, social media, and the best way to get a message out, especially with the very strict regulations that we have to navigate. Uh, The members of that panel included uh, Joyce Hain, who's the publisher of Cannabis Retailer. Uh, My very good friend, Gary Johnson, who hosts the Cannabis Podcast. Uh, if you don't listen to that one, you certainly should add that one to your list. Uh, Kaya Arai, who is the senior account manager of Nine Point Agency, all-around great person. Uh, Ian Kwachansky was really interesting. So Ian is the... uh, CEO and co-founder of a company called loop pool. And that's a cannabis brand that's co-owned by a collective of artists and include our lady Peace, blue rodeo and stars. And, uh, he was also on S- uh, season 15 of the dragon's den where he managed to secure some funding for this. So it was, it was hard not to be, uh, now, a little bit of fanboy on my end with Ian, who's doing some really interesting work. Uh, I did ask him to introduce me to Rain Maida from Our Lady Peace, and he politely declined. That <laughs> was something he wasn't able to do. Uh, if you reconsider, Ian, you know how to reach me. And, and also, um, Anna, who's known as the Cannabinista, uh, she has 300,000 collective followers, a big, big following That's on incredible. TikTok. She uh, teaches people how to use, uh, how to infuse their foods. Um, and you know, one of the things that came up with this whole panel was that you have to stay away from words like cannabis Mm. and you can substitute it in your social media with words like herb. Um,
0: right. I've seen that before and I kind of thought it was goofy, but now that you're putting it in this context, that totally makes sense.
1: Before the panel started, just by happenstance, the BC Cannabis Summit's Instagram account actually got taken down. So just highlighting the point that the social media is not cannabis friendly. And when you take down a cannabis account, um, it can be extremely detrimental for the people who have put a lot of time and effort into building that up. You lose your you lose your contacts, you lose your content. Um, And you're forced to restart. So there's a lot of talk about which social media platforms are the most cannabis friendly. And, you know, I can't help but think that as cannabis legalizes in different countries uh, and further across the U.S., that companies, social media companies that are not allowing cannabis, uh, you know, partakers or companies to use their platforms to, to even talk about it. I mean, like, just restrict the account to 19+. People talk about alcohol all the time. Alcohol companies openly advertise. Now, if they don't become more cannabis-friendly, that these users are going to move on to other different social media platforms. We're already seeing an exodus from Instagram uh, toward Twitter or toward Reddit you know, platforms that are a lot more friendly toward us. Uh, YouTube is starting to see a little bit of a uh, leakage of their users too, going into, um, weed tube, for example, which is built specifically for cannabis users. And I can only imagine that those platforms are just going to, um, continue to grow and that more are going to come out that will allow people to, to talk about weed openly. Uh, I just I don't get why the crackdown is so hard on this it it blows my mind and we had still have a lot of work to do to uh to normalize and and end that stigma
0: well and you'd think too like to have a social media account you've always got to put your birth date in like why can't they even lock it out so it's like if you're not 19 or 21 or whatever the age is in your area Why can't they just say, well, you know, if you have your account flagged as something that has alcohol or cannabis or, you know, whatever adult content, then it wouldn't even be possible for somebody with a birth date, you know, below that age range. Like, for all the algorithms they do have, like, that one doesn't feel like it should be out of reach. Like, I don't know. It's, this is just me kind of talking off the cuff but you know it doesn't feel like something that should be impossible considering they can target ads to specific demographics and areas and you know like they've got to have that ability but I mean I guess it probably just doesn't seem profitable or important enough to these companies to bother uh (laughs) putting something like that in place Um, so those were just a couple of the panels and the ones that you were involved in, you, there were lots of other panels. Um, what was one other panel that you found most interesting?
1: I'm sitting here and you probably hear me just flipping through my notepad of pages and pages of notes. Um, there was a panel that was featuring craft cannabis, uh, growers and people involved in that, uh, the small, you know, basically the smaller companies that are growing right now. And some of the comments that were made by Ben Williams, who is uh, in charge of Joint Venture, you know, it blew my mind a little bit. He was really calling out um, big cannabis companies, big pubco co companies. Um, you know, here's a couple of... He said, if you're an LP, your future's bleak because we're coming for you one-eighth at a time. Yeah, he called... Uh, That's
0: a hot take. <laughs> That's a
1: hot take. He said that he... he they're personally offended at PubCo companies and that they're basically a Ponzi scheme.
0: Okay, so for me and maybe somebody else listening, uh, what's PubCo?
1: So PubCo is big public cannabis companies. So those are those are the companies like Canopy Growth or Aurora, where they have a big shareholder investor dollars. And that's what he meant, is that people are pouring money into these big companies and um and you know oftentimes it uh it just kind of disappears in a poof of smoke if i could say it that way so he said that bc is actually you know the hotbed of the best craft cultivators on earth and um his message was that uh big cannabis companies the the small ankle biters are are coming for you
0: yeah that's fascinating
1: another panel that i found really interesting was the closing panel women in cannabis the next generation of leaders And uh, that that was a really fascinating panel, hearing the perspective of so many women who are just high up in the industry and have worked their way to the top. Uh, I think it was summed up best by Berinder Rasode, who is the CEO of Grotech Labs. And she said, when people are looking to hire for, you know, a C-suite position, for example, you know, or uh, even like a director, high ranking one, that oftentimes they go hey, I I know a guy, I know a guy, you know, oh, I know a guy. And she said to everyone out there, the next time that there's an opening at a company, say, I know a woman and do that twice. And what that'll do is it'll actually open up more opportunity for women to get into those positions. And, you know, just that little twist in language, it's such a simple change in perspective that we can do to, to help elevate women into the higher positions of cannabis where they really, they're, they're underrepresented right now. And, uh, and that does need to change.
0: Yeah. I mean, language is so important having, you know, I'm, for those of you who don't know, I actually work in HR and, um, you know, of course a huge topic you know, in HR as well, you know, in on in, in all kinds of things is, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion. And a lot of it revolves around the language, being respectful with our language, being inclusive with our language. And, you know, when you make those changes, I think it really does shift the way you think, you know, when you're not just saying, oh, hey, guys, you know, you're saying, you know, you're, you're using more like gender inclusive language, um, you know, you're not just going for those like more standard, like masculinized phrases that we use. Um, like I said, it, it does cause a shift that I think is really important. and I think it is something that's coming, um, you know, so even if you just make that one tweak, you know, I think it, it'll it'll surprise you how it changes, you know, your thought patterns. And I think the more of us that do that and the more that the more of us that normalize that kind of, of way of speech, you know, the better it will be for, for everybody. Right. And, and just changing sort of those mental images you have, um, you know, when you picture the average person, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a blonde, blue eyed white person, you know, especially I think in the cannabis industry, you know, looking, you know, at the diverse cultures that have been using cannabis in a variety of ways for so long, um, you know, we don't want to forget those roots and to forget the, the way that they've, they've gone about using the plant for so long, um, that there's, there absolutely can and should be place, um, for all of that. And the, you know, the more the merrier.
1: <laughs> uh, Lisa Campbell, who is also on the panel, she's CEO of Mercari Agency, uh, raised, uh, the issue of a double standard. She said that the the industry is ruthless, and in order to survive in the industry, you've got to be assertive. And women are generally judged mm-hmm. much more harshly when they're assertive. Um, you know, you're
0: just that bossy bitch.
1: It, that's exactly what Lisa said. Yeah, you You know, they they call you that bitch as soon as you start. Um, you know, trying to trying to assert your authority. And this was definitely a panel. I'd say that I, I went into it thinking that it was going to be. Um, really depressing, to be honest, that that the women on the panel were going to have some some pretty terrible stories about things that they've been through, um, uh, which, you know, was the case at, at times. But for the most part, I found that that panel was highly optimistic and that uh, the women who were speaking were uh, very hopeful that there was going to be some meaningful change uh, and continuous meaningful change.
0: I spoke with a number of women at that at the summit because I did actually man the ounce booth on the last day. So you womaned it. (laughs) I womaned it. You're right. I personed it. I, (laughs) (laughs) I was the human that sat at the booth for the ounce on Friday. Um, and you know, the women that came by or that I, you know, had a chance to chat with, like all of them are just, you know, smart, passionate, caring people. And I mean, I think, that's what we need more of in the world anyway is smarts and passion and, you know, caring for others, having, you know, a sense of integrity about what you're doing. And I think women can truly lead the way in that. I think it tends to be the way we operate naturally. Um, so, you know, why not, why not give, you know, women a chance, right? Was there any other topic that came up in the summit that really surprised you? Something you weren't necessarily anticipating?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question.
0: Nailed it. I was hoping I would get one where he'd look at me and be like, wow, Jenny, you're so smart and insightful. <laughs> <laughs> Got it.
1: What surprised me the most was the lack of interest in the first panel that I moderated. It was, it was held in the big room uh, in the El Dorado because we were expecting a large turnout and really there was only a smattering of people it's true I, and
0: a lot of them were in and out
1: a lot of them were in and out and you know we it was the panel itself was really interesting um you know I, what
0: here's you my two cents i think i think maybe part of the reason people were maybe not as interested as one would think is i think because it's seems so ill-defined yet what cannabis tourism even is what it could be where it's going you know like we we are our friend Anne marie who is helping us out um with our booth and and you know given that ounce presence uh she's been trying to get a cannabis tour company off the ground but you know of course covid put that on the on the rocks a little bit um but even you know she's talking about well she can do these certain things but not that she's actually gotten a warning from health canada about something i think it was like something some sort of advertising or something but she's like she's not licensed by health canada like she's actually has to get licensing through like transport like there you know there's a lot of weird things that are going on there um a lot of things are really unclear and like i said i think people just don't know what it What it could look like what they want it to look like you know i guess you know i guess we often kind of think of it in the same way especially here in the okanagan similar to wine tourism right we're we're looking forward to that farm gate cannabis situation um you know but even then it's just kind of like depending on regulations how great is that gonna be or not like are you gonna be able to light up right there are you you know like all of these are questions i think that yeah, because there's just so much uncertainty, it's just hard to wrap one's brain around it or find a lot of interest unless you are very specifically interested
1: anyway. It, it felt like it was a bit dual purpose between the educational and the policymaking. Um, that was mixed with different kinds of uh, villas that were available for people to record podcasts and um, mingle as creators And there was also, uh, opportunity to, um, to, you know, go up to the rooftop of the hotel and, and light up with friends. So it was a very mixed feeling. Um, and even myself, I knew that I was there as a journalist, uh, and as a a media sponsor to cover, but I'm not going to lie. There were definitely times where I felt like I wanted to be sitting outside on the patio, uh, with all my friends, you know, smoking a joint, um, so the, the lure is definitely there uh, to not be sitting in those rooms. But I do not for a second regret the amount of time that I spent listening to these different panels because I have learned so much from so many different people uh, who are uh, off the charts intelligent about organic farming, medical cannabis access, digital communications and public relations, um, economic development, tourism. It's uh, my head is still spinning um, from all the learning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, was it the last night you came home? it was very late, but we still talked for an hour, even though it was wee hours of the morning. Just because, yeah, David's brain was was still going and wanted to process and wanted to talk to me of all the really exciting things. So, I mean, that's that's cool, and I'm I'm excited to that I've got to hear even more about what David learned. Um, but I think you know what you're saying about having that dual purpose that you know the. The really professional, like buttoned-up side, but then like the letting your hair down, you know, smoking-up side. I think it's really reflective overall of, of of the cannabis industry, right? And how, again, I think it was in that tourism panel where um, where Krista said she's like, well, let's not just think about you know, cannabis being, you know, retail, it's, it's agriculture, it's technology, it's, you know, like there's, there's all these different spheres that are all actually really part of it. And, you know, uh, how many, you know, artists, you know, of all sorts for years and years have said that they find so much inspiration after they've, you know, taken that hit from the bong or whatever it is, right? Like that creative, fun, you know, side of things again is, is all part and parcel of it. And I think that that, that was all really reflected well in the summit and how it kind of did include all of that, you know, and, and people from all walks of life from, from all kinds of places. Final question, David, what was your biggest overall takeaway?
1: Community. We have an amazing community blessed with community. Um, and there were people from all walks of life at this summit and it didn't matter who you were, whether you were working for a a big pub co, uh, whether you were working for a small craft grow, uh, or whether you were working for uh, tourism Kelowna. I mean, it was a very welcome, uh, environment and everyone got along uh, you know, to some degree or another, there there was no um, no fistfights, <laughs> <laughs> so that's always a that's always a plus uh, when you've gone to a conference. And there was a lot of idea sharing, very open uh, and honest sharing. I, I I think that what I found was something that was encouraged on the women's panel was that people in leadership positions need to be vulnerable mm. in order to really make relationships with those that they're working with. And I think that's
0: that, a good old Brene Brown for you. <laughs> I
1: I think that that was the sense that I got from this conference was that a lot of people were being very vulnerable. Now I, the highlight for me uh, of the whole shebang was the after party <laughs> And Can't I know not
0: talk about the after party.
1: That's what, the after party, and not just because it was a great time. It was the fact that it, it was the culmination of those three days, and the number of people that I got to uh, meet for the first time. Um, you know, even after talking to them for for years now, Simon Gerard who's a features writer for The Ounce, and has been part of the part of it for since the beginning, practically, um, I met him for the first time. We've been talking by phone, by text, by email, by video chat. And this was the first time that we met face to face. Uh, That was a great experience. And that was what made the after party stand out for me so much was that I, I had the opportunity to, to talk to so many different people that I'd met at the summit and, It it was really like we were old friends, Um, that's what this kind of event can do. It brings people together uh, for not only a sharing of ideas uh, and uh, education, but for a sharing of a relationship and uh, breaking a bread.
0: Wow, isn't that delightful and (laughs) sentimental? (laughs) How does one follow that up? (laughs) That's a tough one, but I mean, yeah, like I said, I had, I was not there for very much, unfortunately, because someone had to hold down the fort at home. Um, not that I'm complaining, certainly not. It's, You're the best. I was happy to do it too, because I know that that David's the boss, boss. But
1: I'm <laughs> so not.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> certainly more social than I am, I think. But. um, you know, like it's it was it just seemed so so friendly and so positive and you know yeah warm and welcoming like nothing felt weird or cold or you know like it's it really was a great a great atmosphere and you know like the people I chatted with everybody just seemed really excited they seemed really excited to be there um, just stoked to be talking about probably their favorite subject in the whole wide world with other people whose favorite subject in the whole wide world is the same thing, you know, like (laughs) it, 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 it was just, it was really, it was really neat to see. And as somebody who, you know, definitely is not as I think versed in, in cannabis, you know, having only really delved into it since legalization, um, but you know, on one hand, it didn't really matter, you know, if you were there, it was because you were there and, and that was great. Um but it, it gave me a deeper appreciation I think too for for how much expertise and you know just like I said and passion and you know the whole bit. Like it was it was wonderful.
1: We had a booth.
0: And we did have a booth with pineapples. It was <laughs> which a, we ate today.
1: We did. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, I find that funny. I don't know why. It's kind of like it's hilarious and disturbing at the same time Literally, that we ate the pineapples a, that were sitting on our booth.
0: It felt a little murdery when I was it did it. Up. It did.
1: It uh, did. We're cannibalizing our booth.
0: Yeah. No, but that was that was fun. It was great. People grabbed magazines. People were excited to grab some back issues that they hadn't seen before or hadn't been able to get their hands on. So I know there were a few people that were excited to complete their collections. Um, you know, and everybody's excited too. They're like, I was like, yeah, grab a magazine. They're like, Oh, like I can, I can take this. I can keep it. It's mine. I was like, yeah, it's all yours. Oh, that's so cool.
1: (laughs) There truly is nothing like print media. Everyone says that print media is dead. I don't think so. Everyone loves to hold a a copy. You know, when digital books came out, people thought that the publishing industry was going to die, but there's still a couple of bookstores open here in Kelowna.
0: I think, in some ways, it had more people, more people going out and buying books again because they're like, I don't want physical books to go away. And I mean, even. You know, you're Mr. Journalist newspaper guy. We have a subscription to the Globe and Mail that, you know, we can read on the iPad. But I do kind of miss that sensation of flipping through the big old paper, right? Like, it's, there's nothing that can replace that tactile sensation. I mean, with the magazine, it's just like the glossy photos and the, you know, just it's it's got its own feel to you. And it's it's pretty neat.
1: Uh, and that's why we subscribe to the local daily newspaper. So that we can still flip through. And I'd subscribe to the print edition of the Globe and Mail, but they don't deliver out here. We're too much in the boonies.
0: This <laughs> the sub-minus of living in the sticks a little bit, I guess. Can't <laughs> have it all. But at least we can have the digital version. Well, I don't know about you, David, but I think I'm ready for a nap.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm ready for a long nap. Yeah, it's... Uh, this experience with the bc cannabis summit has been exhausting and exhilarating at the same time i'd love for you to take a look at the ounce.ca and check out the coverage that's been done and the coverage that's still to come i really appreciate the questions that you had today you definitely stumped me on a few of them
0: well till we chat again
1: till we chat again thanks for listening we appreciate all of you out there you're you're part of the community and remember that's what we're building here we're building it Strong cannabis community, people who want to uphold each other and who want to see cannabis grow into something that's just as normal as having a sip of a glass of wine. Bye. Ta ta. <laughs>